Let's read this first six verses together of this Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day, that is, day after day, uttereth speech, and night after night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Everybody in the world speaks this language. They hear this word. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he, God the Father, set a tabernacle for the Son. That's the, our subject this morning, a tabernacle for the Son. And that son is as, a, is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there's nothing hid from the heat thereof. Now, in this first creation, all men throughout all the earth can look at the, the heavens and at the firmament, the atmosphere, and they can see the glory of God in the work of his hands so that all men are without excuse for not worshiping God, not seeking God, walking in the light that God's given them. That's what Paul said in Romans 1. He said the invisible things of God are seen, and they're seen from the creation of the world so that men are without excuse. And that meaning, that text has another meaning too. The invisible things of God, the things that only you can see with faith, they're seen in the creation of the world too. You can see those things in the creation of the world too. And that's what I want to show you here in these first six verses. We know that everything in natural creation was created by Christ and it was created for Christ. Colossians 1 says all things were created by him and for him that in all things he might have the preeminence. The Isaiah 55 said that whenever God gives you grace to, to, to see and to hear, he, he says the mountains and the hills shall, shall start singing and the trees of the woods will clap their hands. You'll start seeing Christ everywhere. We just sing an appropriate song. We just sing here, something lives in every hue that Christless eyes have never seen. You begin to see Christ in God's creation. And by looking at that first creation, a believer can see God's glory and the work of his hands in creating his new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want us to see here today. First, in the rising sun, we see a picture of Christ rising from the grave. He said there in verse 4, the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, God the Holy Spirit used the Son, the S-U-N, to picture the Lord Jesus Christ. In Malachi 4.2 it says, Unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, healing in his rays. That's what the scripture said. And the risen God-man is the Son of righteousness. That's who he is. And, and all the, or as the sun rises, full of light and glory, that's how Christ arose in great glory, as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Now let's look at that, that picture there. Christ is the bridegroom. 
He's the bridegroom, and his church is the bride. Paul declared that in Ephesians 5. He's, he's the, Christ is the head of the church, even, and he's the savior of the body, just like a man's the head of the wife. Well, the chamber, though, he's coming out of his chamber as a bridegroom, coming out of his chamber. Don't we think about the bride being the one that comes out of the chamber? You know, she's, the chamber's the dressing room. And she goes in there, and she gets all dolled up, and the music plays, and she comes out, and all eyes are on the bride. But our text says the bridegroom comes out of the chamber, and everybody looks at him. Why is that? It's because in grace, the bride is a harlot. The bride is defiled. The bride is, she's, we're defiled in sin, in Adam, and by our own transgression. We are the unholy ones that can't enter into holy God's presence. We're unrighteous, and we can't enter into holy God's righteous presence. We've, we've fallen short of the glory of God, and that glow, that glory, we must have to enter into his presence. So instead of the bride being in the chamber preparing herself, Christ was in the chamber. He was in this earth preparing his bride for himself to present to the Father. When the sun's in its chamber, it's nighttime and there's darkness. And this world was in great darkness when Christ came. And the whole time he walked this earth, it was in darkness. But the greatest darkness of all was when Christ went to that cross and he bore our darkness. He bore the darkness of his people on the cross. And on that cross, he was, he was washing his bride clean in his own blood, giving his life for her. And he was perfuming her in the ointments of his grace and his mercy. And he was robing her in that snow-white dress of his righteousness. And he was doing it for this reason, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Without spot, without blemish, holy, without blame. And so when he accomplished that work, when he glorified the Father, when he declared the Father just and the justifier, our God-man mediator arose from the grave and ascended to the right hand of the Father. And when he ascended, he arose as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. That is, he came out in great glory, glorified, risen, the redeemer of his people. And that son, remember when they were in the Mount of Transfiguration? And Peter looked at our Lord and his glory shined through. He said his face was as the sun and his raiment was as white as light. That's how he arose. That's why they stood there just dumbfounded looking up as he ascended to the Father. Well, be sure to understand this, believer. When he arose in all that glory, that was his bride coming out of her chamber in all her glory. And when he arose and he presented himself to the Father, that's him presenting his bride to the Father in all her glory. That's him presenting his bride to himself in all her chaste glory. Beautiful and without blemish. And he's going to do that again. He's going to present her to himself when he brings her home to himself. So here's what he tells us now. Wherefore, my brethren, you are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. That why? that you should be married to another. Who is this one? Even him that's risen from the dead. Why? Because that you might bring forth fruit 
The only way we're going to bring forth fruit is to have a fruitful husband. That's the only way the bride's going to bring forth fruit. And he's our husband. He's our husband. Now try to get this down in your heart, believer. You wake up in the morning, you get up, and you're rushing, rushing, rushing. You've got to rush out the door, and you're headed to your jobs, and you're thinking you got a thousand cares on your mind. And you got cares on your mind that are legitimate cares. You got cares for those that are under your influence, that you love, that you're responsible for. And sometimes you just don't know how I can, how am I going to provide for them? Well, I'll tell you something that'll help you. When you look up and you see that sun coming up over the horizon, you see that sun rising, you just remember God's given us a token in that to remind us <laughs> we're risen in Him. We're seated at the right hand of God in Him. We're seated there in His glory, brethren. He's not in the tomb anymore. He's not in His chamber anymore. He's risen, and He's ruling. And there we are seated in Him. He's ever living to make intercession for His people. You know, when the sun comes up, it's a new day. And when He arose, the new day of grace began. And God gave Him something. He gave Him something. Now look at this. This is the second thing. Let's see what God gave him. Verse 4 says, In them, that is the heavens and the firmament, hath he, God the Father, set a tabernacle for the Son. Now this is a, a God the Father's gift to his Son for his accomplished work, for glorifying the Father and redeeming all his people. God set his Son in a tabernacle where Christ now dwells. And as you see here from our text, it's a, it's a two-part tabernacle, but it's just one tabernacle. It says he's in the heaven, and he's in the firmament. The heavens is higher, the firmament's a little lower than the heaven. But he's dwelling in both of these tabernacles. If you want to turn to Hebrews 8, I'm going to move along rather quickly, but here's what Hebrews 8 tells us. Of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who set, he set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary. Sanctuary means a holy place. That's where he is. He's in the sanctuary. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's there as the, our advocate with the Father, as our intercessor, as our mediator. He's there representing his people before the Father. And, and. He's the minister of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. This is his church. This is particularly each people in whom he dwells. He's seated in glory in the holiest of holies at the right hand of God, the true sanctuary. And he's dwelling in his tabernacle, in his church, in his people. Ephesians 2 says, In whom you also are builded up together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. That's what he's doing. You remember when the Philistines had the ark? And they came, and, and the Lord, they wanted to send that ark back. They didn't want it anymore. And, and the Lord said, you take two kind, two, two cattle, two, kind, two oxen, and you hook them up to a cart, put the ark on that, you just sit, let them loose. And they're going to take that ark, picture Christ, to its place. And you know where that ark went? They went straight to a place called Beth Shemesh. And you know what that means? House of the sun. 
Brethren, you and I who've been redeemed, regenerated by the Spirit of our God, we are the house of the risen Son of Righteousness. He dwells in His people. That's His place. Ah, the glory, He said, which Thou hast given me, I've given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and Thou in me, that we may be made, that they may be made perfect in one, and that by this the world might know that Thou hast sent me and hast loved them as Thou hast loved me. Isn't that something? On one hand, he dwells in us. And on another hand, as Paul said, you're seated at the right hand of God, and your life is hid with Christ in God. That's inseparable oneness. That's unchangeable, inseparable oneness. So here's another reminder. You see that sun arise? Just remember, I'm seated there with him. I'm seated there with him. And when you feel that sun on your skin and you feel that warming heat of that sun, remember, and he's dwelling in me. He's dwelling in me. He said, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you all the time. Isn't it something? You know something about that sun? It don't matter where you're at in this world. It don't matter who you are, where you're at. It's always shining on you. And a believer, no matter where we are, God is always dwelling in his people and with his people, and we're always in him, always. As Spurgeon used to say, there is no children on the circumference. We're all at the center of his, of his focus. All right, here's the third thing. See what Christ is doing now. Verse 5, he rejoices as a strong man to run a race. In the morning you see the sun rise. And it starts on its race. And it's like a strong man running his race. Going across, all the way across the horizon. And look at verse 6. He is going forth. He is from the end of the heaven. And he circuit unto the ends of it. And there's nothing hid from the heat thereof. Everybody in this earth feels the heat of that sun. And they understand the speech. They understand it. They all feel the heat of it. And that's the case with our risen King and Savior. Our risen King arose to shine forth in the gospel that his people preach. He rose to do that, that he might feel all in all. And a man would sooner stop the sun from rising in the sky as he would to stop Christ, the Son of Righteousness, from running his circuit. He's the strong man, and he's running that race, and nobody's going to stop him. He's going to shine forth into all his people from the east and the west. And he's going to do it through his people. That's the amazing thing. The amazing thing is that he's going to use you who he's called, who he's shining forth in, who he dwells in, to shine forth this gospel from one end of the heaven to the other throughout all the earth. Every time a believer speaks of Christ, every time you open your mouth, it's like a, a ray of sunlight coming out. That's the picture here. He's, he's doing this through his people and in his people. He dwells in his people, and he's doing it through the gospel we preach. But remember this. It's not our light or any light in us, period. It's his light that draws his people. Isaiah said, the Lord said through Isaiah, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. The glory of the Lord's risen upon thee. This glory is Christ, and this is Christ shining. 
He says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light. This is Christ. The Gentiles will come to his light and the brightness of his rising. They'll come to him. His sons will come from far and they'll be brought to him. And this will be done through the gospel. Now look at our text here. It says the heat of the sun pictures the truth of the gospel. I didn't read the second half of the psalm. But in the second half of the psalm, you're going to see, when you read it at your leisure, you'll see six different names given for the word of God, for the gospel we preach. Six different words. And you'll see six different effects that it has on whoever he, he makes it to effectual in. But now notice this, the heat of the sun. He goes from speaking of that, and he goes right in and says, watch this, verse 6. There's nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord's perfect, converting the soul. This heat of the sun is a picture of the gospel going forth and converting the soul, the word of the Lord. That's just like the sun sends forth its heat in all the world. Christ sends forth his gospel in all the world. And the heavens is where Christ sits, and in his people is where Christ sits. And what do both declare? What's Christ declaring in his people? Well, look back up at verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. The glory of God and his handiwork. That's what Christ will have declared, and that's, so that's what his people declare. The glory of God and his handiwork. The work of his hands. Paul said, we preach not ourselves, we preach the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we preach Christ? Because God, who said, let there be light, has shined into our hearts. That son of righteousness has arisen. And he's given us light that we might see the, the glory of God and have the knowledge of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've experienced the power of God through the preaching of the gospel, you can't, you can't preach a lie. If you know he calls through the gospel because you've experienced it yourself, you'll just preach the gospel because you know that's how he's going to do it. That's how he's going to do the work. Everyone, everywhere is going to hear this gospel. He said, he said there's no speech nor language. Pay attention to this, verse 3. There's no speech, no language where their voice, that is the voice of the natural creation, is not heard. Now mark these next words. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Paul used those same words in Romans 10, quoting from this psalm to describe the preaching of the gospel. He said this, Have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. That's our text. He, and he said that's preaching. That's the gospel being preached. Wherever Christ has a blood-bought people, he's going to send the gospel to them. And they're going to feel the heat. They're going to hear this word, and they're going to be given life. Where does life come from? Light. And they're going to be given life by the Holy Spirit. There's nothing hid from the heat thereof. And those who hear this word and won't bow to this word, they're going to feel the heat thereof too. Let's put it together. Think about the day of Pentecost. Peter stood there and he preached and he said, This same Jesus whom you have crucified. He said, He's risen and He's both Lord and Christ and He's shed forth this which you now hear and see. We're not preaching this gospel of our own will and our own ability. He's doing this. And as He 
preach that word, the Son of Righteousness shined forth into the hearts of 3,000 people and called them to him to his feet that day. And then the son went on his circuit a little further, and he added another great multitude to him through the preaching of the gospel. And then the son went on a little bit further in his circuit. And you remember, the, he told the brethren, you go into all the world to preach the gospel. And the brethren said, Whoa, we haven't seen so much success right here in Jerusalem. We'll just stay right here. And the Lord sent forth a persecution, and he scattered them into all the earth. And they went everywhere preaching the word. You picture that sun coming up and you see those rays coming down sometimes out of that sun so clear. That's what he did. He sent them forth and his wings went into all the world. His rays, the sun of righteousness, preaching that word. Sun went on a little further in its circuit. Apostle Paul, he's riding to the road, on the road to Damascus. And all of a sudden he said, I saw a sun shining, a light shining brighter than the noonday sun and knocked him off his horse and Christ shined into his heart gave him the knowledge of the living God. And he sent Paul to the Gentiles. Why? Because God said, I'm going to give you also to be a light for the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation to the end of the earth. And Christ is the light of the Gentiles. He's the light of his people to the end of the world, wherever they are in this world. So he sent forth, started, started with the apostle Paul, sending him forth to preach the gospel. And then the sun went on a little further. And he called you and me. He called you and me. And now he's sending us forth. And we go forth preaching the gospel. Because he's going to have this sun shine in his people wherever they are in this world. And I'll tell you this. You'll hear this word. And you may say, ah, that word doesn't do anything for me. I don't. The same sun that warms you and heals one person. It'll blister the fire out of another one. And that's what this word does. That ought to encourage us, brethren. It ought to make us want to stand before men, whether they're, whether they're the most, most broken, poor, needy, or the most arrogant, self-righteous, and speak the truth plainly and clearly because God's going to work his purpose either to call them out and break them and save them by his grace or to damn them and condemn them for eternity because they wouldn't bow to the truth, one or the other. Our part's just to speak the truth and watch him do the work. That's it. All right, now, let's go home with a few things. Here's number one. Christ instructed us who believe, and he said this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And every one of us here know that worldly religion has just butchered that verse. They have butchered it. Oh, I'm going to go forth and let the world see. I'm going to let my little light shine and let everybody look at me. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. Paul tells us exactly what it means. He said in Philippians 2, do all things without murmuring and disputing. He said that you may be blameless and harmless as the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. Here's the point. We're sent forth to declare the truth. If I'm, if I'm bickering with you, and primarily this is what he means. He means primarily over the gospel. God's people are in harmony. We're not disputing and murmuring against each other over this gospel. Men who are doing that, they're not one with us. But you and I who are one, we're going to speak the truth together. And then in other things that are lesser things, we're going to ignore those things because they don't, they're not the issue. And we've got to have the gospel. 
And you don't want to be murmuring and disputing because if you're murmuring and disputing and you're, there's a man standing here you got opportunity to preach the gospel to, he ain't going to hear you. He ain't even going to listen to you. Because he says, they folks can't even get along with one another. So we do nothing. But here's how we let our light shine. He said, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. That's how you let your light shine, through the gospel we declare. When you folks right here support the gospel and you support Cody down there in Mexico and you support uh, Lance over in New Guinea or something, you're letting your light shine. You're, sending, you're holding forth the word of life. When you send preachers, your preachers somewhere to preach the gospel, you're holding forth the word of life. When you preach to speak to somebody that God opens the door for you to speak to, you're holding forth the word of life. That's what he's talking about. Now, remember this. A candle, he said, that's set on a, on a candlestick, it's meant to give light in the room. But now, remember, we just a candle. What does a candle do? It melts. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The light's what people see. Christ is the light. So we're just going to stand out of the way and make sure people are looking at Christ and not us. Here's the next thing. Think how consistent the light of the sun is. There's never been another anything. Ever since the first day the light shined, it shined the same way, and it'll shine the same way until the end. The gospel of Christ has never changed. It'll be the same from the beginning to the end. He's Christ Jesus, the Lord, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So our doctrine never changes. We preach him and him alone. Here's the last, third thing. Remember, and, and, and uh, Brother Greg touched on this. All things in God's creation revolve around the sun and the sky. Everything revolves around the sun and the sky. Every living thing gets its life from the sun. Everything in the universe revolves around the sun. Everything spiritually revolves around Christ Jesus, the Son of Righteousness. What would happen if the sun stopped shining? We'd die. Every living thing would die. Believer... Remember this, in every decision, whether it's large or small or whatever it is, whatever you're doing in your life, remember this. You would sooner live without the sun in the sky than you can without the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to have the sun of righteousness to live. He's growing the tender herb that's just coming up out of the ground by His grace, and He's growing the mighty redwood who's old and, and, and been held in place and grown by His grace for a long time. But we never outgrow the source of life. <laughs> We've got to have him all the time. Here's the fourth thing. Remember the sun is the magnet. The sun's the point from which our compasses give us direction and bearing. Christ is the magnet that guides us and controls us. The wise man, when he's in the woods hunting, he's always looking at his compass or he's always keeping his eye on the sun. Because that's how he knows he's headed in the right direction. That's a wise man in grace, too. Don't ever take your eye off Christ. That's the only way we'll be headed in the right direction, is following the light, following Christ the light. Always keep your eye on him. Take your eye off him. And for you that don't know him, you that are just set on, I'm just going to run into this world and get all this world I can't. You know what you are? You're a man out in the middle of a of of a forest, wandering around with no compass, as lost as a goose in a hailstorm. you got to have Christ to light. Keep your eye on him. And here's the last thing. 
That sun rises in the morning, and it runs its circuit throughout the day. But at the end of the day, it comes back to this earth. It comes back down. And our Lord Jesus Christ has arisen, and he's running his circuit right now. But when he's called the last of his blood-bought sheep home, he's coming again. And here's what he says. Look at Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Verse 40. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. That's everybody that's not found in Christ. And he said, and he shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now listen to this. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Oh, right now we're not, we're not walking around with our chest poked out saying, I'm going to let my little light shine. But in that day, Christ is going to hold up everyone that he's made righteous and robed in his glory. And he's going to say, look at my children. Look at my children. And the scripture says, right now we're the sons of God, but when we see him as he is, we're going to be like him. We're going to be like him in that day. And in that day, in that place, there won't be any need for the sun and the moon. You just think about that. Right now in this creation, you need the sun and the moon. Right now we need Christ and the Christ and the, his people. We're, 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 he's given us to divide the day from the night light from the darkness. But in that day, we're going to be one with him. <laughs> we're going to be like him. And there's not going to be this division between the sun and the stars and the moon. We're going to be together. We're going to be one. Uh, look to him. He's light. He's life. And he'll save you. He'll carry you to the end. Amen. Thank you all so much.